Welcome back to the In the Dugout podcast. My name is Jason Ward, aka Red Sox Dugout, alongside Joey Nagel and Alex Jefferson. How are we doing, guys? Pretty good. Love the energy, Jason. I'm, I'm feeling about 500 right now. I'm feeling about 500. That is a good way to put it. Uh, Red Sox are back at 500. Uh, we're recording this after the the finale in the Orioles series where um, they lost. So yeah, Red Sox sit at 13 and 13. Um, it's I think that's a good way to kind of sum up this team. It's been up and down. There's been good. There's been bad. Um, and in this stretch of so we have the Brewer, Brewer series to cover, Orioles series to cover. Um, we went two for three in the Brewer series, one for three in the Orioles series. So some quick math. That's a 500 record right there. So <clears throat> I think 500 is definitely the theme there. Let's dive into it. So we take two out of three from the Brewers, um, which is which is pretty good. I mean, the, the Brewers are a pretty solid team. Um, and again, we take two out of three. So game one, Nick Pavetta, seven Ks in five and two thirds. Uh, Verdugo homers. Winkowski has two and a third scoreless innings of relief to set up Kenley Jansen for the save. Um, it. I Nick Pavetta's kind of showing that he can be a productive starter in the rotation. He's not going to be the ace. He's not going to be a two or three, but he's a a very consistent back end starter. And I, I think that um, he showed that showed exactly who he can be in that in that Brewer start. Um, how do we feel about that? I mean, nothing's changed with Pavetta. Um, you look at his ERA this year. Compared to years past, it is just about the same. They're all uh, like 450. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what he is. He's not going to be better. He's not going to be worse. You know exactly what you're going to get out of Nick Pavetta. He's going to go out there. He's going to throw probably five innings, maybe six, and keep keep you in the game. And that's what's important, especially as a five starter, if that's what he's going to be. I, I'd love for him to stay in the rotation. I know that there are that it's going to be tough for him to stay in this rotation moving forward. But he is probably the most consistent pitcher on this roster. Not saying that he's good or bad, but he's, you need that. You need an innings eater. Plus, he brings energy. I mean, you see him um, yelling and screaming when he strikes out a guy in, in April. You've seen him in the postseason. Uh, so I think that's that's pretty huge for, again, a back of the rotation starter to have that kind of energy and that kind of consistency. Um, I believe that he should stay in the rotation. I know there's going to be a lot of different decisions the Red Sox have to make with different guys getting healthy and stuff like that, but I think he he deserves a spot. Um, I think even if he comes out of the bullpen, though, he'll still be effective. Like He's definitely a, a valuable guy on this team. <clears throat> well, has said uh, recently that he just doesn't want to go to the bullpen. He, so yeah, he I, got I, mad. I, he got mad when there was rumors that he <clears throat> could be the odd man out going to the bullpen because he, he wants to start. And yeah, and knowing I how like that might, I don't he know. can be, I wouldn't want to piss him off. True. I mean, he is Canadian, though. So yeah. Although I will say, I'm looking at his baseball savant page right now. He is eighth percentile exit velo, third percentile hard hit percentage, and fourth percentile ah. power percentage, which is a bit concerning. Just don't look at those. And you're he, good. Yeah. But like, he provides consistency in a very otherwise inconsistent rotation yeah which I think that you know the red sox need at least something like i feel like he's been he's one of the only pitchers we've had that's been consistently healthy who's been a starter and like who's been consistently like not terrible like he's not great like 
That's important though. You can't. You, not every starter is going to be a guy who who strikes out every single hitter and allows no run. Well, right now we have none of those, but um, not every starter is going to be your ace. Not every starter is going to be a two or three. You need that back end guy who can, like you said, be consistent and eat innings. That's a role in itself, and Nick Pavetta embodies that role. So I definitely like that. Game two, Garrett Whitlock going coming off that great start against uh, the Twins. Yeah. Twins. Not as great this time. Gives up five runs in four innings. Red Sox lose that game four to five. It was a close game. Not really much to say. They just kind of lost. Like it wasn't a, it was a disgusting loss. It was very yeah. It was absolutely winnable. You very well could have swept the series. Um, you lose that game by one. Whitlock wasn't great. Whatever. I'm. I just. I, I want more of a sample size before I make a judgment on Whitlock. I think that he. Obviously, we've seen him being really good. We've seen him be bad. Um, you just need more games, more of a sample to kind of see what you can expect from him. Um, and again, consistency, you need to kind of get some consistency out of him to really be able to evaluate him. Um, I, five earned runs is not horrible. I mean, we, we've seen worse with this staff so far. Um, I'm not concerned about Willock. I'm excited to see his next start to kind of give you another, another, uh, start to look at. Is he pitching in the next series? Yeah, he's uh, adjusted the preview. It goes Pavetta Whitlock, Pavetta Whitlock sale. Yep, yep. It'll be interesting to see because his one game where he was like really, really good was against a team that's been pretty poor offensively. Mm-hmm. I mean, and Chris then, Sale dominated them too. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was it was different. Like when when he pitched against the um the twins, like Whitlock was pounding the strike zone. He was locating his pitches yeah. really well, and he yeah, just he didn't do that against the Brewers. That's true. And he didn't do that against Tampa either. He like when his command is off, he is not going to have a good outing. So whatever's going on there, that's what that's the main fix. And it goes back to the consistency. If he can consistently throw strikes, he's going to be a good pitcher. I mean, right now he's on pace to being every other guy. Bad in the first one, good in the second one, bad in the next one. So he's set up to be good. He's set up to be good this week. We'll see. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> he could be one of those guys like Rick Porcello uh, was in like years of one good year, one bad year. I don't yeah, know. That's exactly we'll what Garrett Whitlock is. He's Rick Porcello 2.0. Um, well, not- you know that, that Rick Porcello <laughs> is his favorite player, right? I know, which is kind of not it's the guy funny. that you would think would be someone's favorite player. No, um, but. It's also funny because Rick's maybe what, like six years older than him? Yeah. <laughs> Ricky um, Porch Lights. Yeah. Okay, then game three, game three, Red Sox explode to take the series and win by a commanding 12 to 5. Masataka Yoshida was the story of that game, homering twice in the same in the- inning. In the same inning for the first time that happened since David Ortiz did it, 2008. I think David Ortiz is a pretty. Uh, good name to be in the same company with. Uh, yeah, so Mastaka had... Oh, not only did he hit two home runs in an inning, one of them was a grand slam. So let's get that in there too. Um, Justin Turner also homered. And yeah, just great overall win. Masataka Yoshida is on fire. We'll get to that because um, he continues to stay hot in this next series, the Orioles series. But yeah, that's a huge win. Um, <clears throat> you wrap it up in Milwaukee with a big win to take two out of three. Uh, I don't know. Maybe this is a stretch, but I think it's one of the better wins of the season. One of the bigger wins of the season. Um, you get a happy flight to Baltimore and, and Masataka Yoshida. Like you get 
you get an indication that he's kind of here and he's awoken and so far that's proven to stay true. So that's a huge game in my mind. I, I agree with you, Jason. Um, I, I feel like a lot of the Red Sox games this year have been either very close or like we get killed in the case of like the Rays series. Um, so it was nice to see us kind of take a commanding lead and um, really let the offense explode for once because I feel like, you know, they've been kind of hovering around five or six runs most games for the past few weeks. So it was nice to see a double digit, double digit score up there. Yeah. Also, again, shout out <clears throat> Justin Turner for his home run. He has heated up big time, too. He was struggling to kind of start the season. He's popped that average up to close to 300 now. I think it's like 270, 280. Um, and he's he's just putting together professional at-bats, which is exactly what you wanted when you signed him, exactly what you're going for when you signed him. Um, so I want to give him his run, too. He's been a big part of this. Let's get to the Orioles series. So our last podcast was coming off of Chris Sale's um, 11 strikeout game against – was it 11 strikeouts? Yeah. 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 Against the Twins. And we were like, Chris Sale's – well, I, I don't know. I feel like we weren't totally serious. We're like, Chris Sale's back. Is he back? Is this our ace? Is he here? Um, and then he goes out against the Orioles, and it's the exact same sale that we saw at the beginning of the season, um, pretty much since his injury problems. He gives up nine hits, five runs, and, and the, the most scary statistic was he struck out no one. So he goes from striking out 11 to not striking out a single batter in this Orioles start. Didn't he also have one swing and miss on the night? I think it was two. But yeah. Two? I was, yeah. Like what's That's concerning? the more concerning stat to me. Yeah, I mean, for a guy who's supposed to be a swing and miss type pitcher, that's that's not what you're yeah, looking for. And if I you want pitch, like nothing was breaking. His slider was just hanging over the middle of the zone the whole night. Yeah, he, he definitely didn't have it. But another thing that Cora brought up after the game, um, you know, he kind of alluded to maybe Chris Sales tipping pitches. And that's been a story earlier in the season, especially when that in that first start against the Orioles. There's a common denominator there. Um, I think it's definitely a possibility that he's tipping yeah. it in some way because when you get two swings and misses on a night and you're Chris Sale, even if you have your worst stuff, that's a big concern. Something has to be wrong. That definitely could make sense. Um, I could definitely see that. But at the same time, uh, that could be true along with this. His again, his slider had significantly less break than it normally does. It's not spinning as much. His fastball is not spinning as much as it did in his prime, as it did a few years ago. So I think that's concerning too. But it very well could be a combination of both those things. Um, batters are hitting like near 400 or over 400 against his fastball, and meanwhile his slider command and and break is just not there. So I think those kind of things together make a lot of sense. Where He's kind of scared to throw his fastball because hitters are seeing it well, but he's also kind of scared to throw his slider because it's not really breaking in the zone right. So, and again, he's leaving a lot of sliders over the middle of the zone too. It makes sense why he's not been good, but at the same time, he should be better than that. Like those should not be issues with Chris Sale. Um, and again, I talked about this last episode, um, I believe, where he he comes out again after his start and he gives the same exact quote he always does. It's bad. I need to be better. I need to keep working. Um, it was just bad, bad, bad. Like, I know it's bad. We all see that it's bad. Do better. I I don't know. I don't know how many more outings you can keep giving him. Obviously, you have to give him a few more. But at some point, he needs to figure it out or he's just going to keep hurting the team. 
and I've been a big uh, proponent of him going to the bullpen. I think we could be getting close to that if Paxton comes back. Um, if Bayo gets called back up, I don't know. Uh, Chris Sale is an enigma. This start just makes him even more of an enigma. I got really excited for a little bit, for just a little bit. I thought maybe Chris Sale was back because um, that was one of the best starts we've seen in a very long time from him. And then he goes out and does this, so I just, I just don't know. It's really interesting to like look at his splits by pitches um, because his changeup has been really, really effective. Um, guys are only batting 217 against it. Um, and his slider hasn't been bad either, but his four seamer and his sinker are like the slugging percentages are over 750. The sinker's useless. He should just not throw that. I, I, sinker, yeah, I, I don't understand the sinker. Sinker's been terrible. Um, but yeah, no, the fastball has been almost as bad. Uh, would probably be, uh, wouldn't probably be as bad as the sinker if he didn't throw it if he threw it like as infrequently as he does the sinker, but Mm -hmm. like he just can't, he can't hit a spot at all. Was that the same game where the umpire was awful or is that the next game? No, that was game two. That was game two. No, 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 it was was game one. That was game one. He wasn't Um, actually that bad. I like looked at the scorecard. Um, Is the scorecard? Yeah. I don't know. It it just felt like there were a lot of calls that weren't going our way. Did you know that Alex Cora got tossed? He got no, tossed was... after the game, right? He got tossed after the final out. Um, so Fassi, the, the hitting coach got tossed, and then Cora got yeah. tossed. Like, I don't. Good for him. That's, yeah, so, man, that's so stupid. And then that was the same game where uh, Kike made that incredible play, and then he tried to throw it and just bean the umpire. Yeah, like, I get that happens. I guess part of the game, but dude, get out of the way, man. Just move. Hit the deck. Do something. Dude's like moving like he's in the in lineup market basket. Like, come on. <laughs> Um. Anyways, oh, real quick, Joey, you were talking about how uh, Cora talked about Chris Sale maybe tipping his pitches. Did you see that the Orioles manager Brendan Hyde got all like butthurt about that comment, thinking it was like an attack at them? Yeah, that was stupid. It was like it's disappointing to see this kind of comment. Blah 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 blah. blah. We're not digging on the Orioles. We're talking about how bad Chris Sale is. Like, it's not the fact that the Orioles did good against him. It's the fact that he got two. Uh, swings and misses and, and didn't strike anyone out and is he's Chris Sale who has one of the best strikeout per nines of all time like that's that's the issue there it's not us saying that you're bad um, Chris Sale did good or bad against you you must be like I don't know uh, it's a weird thing to get upset about to me I think I think it was because he interpreted it as they were stealing signs and then Cora said like believe me I can't talk about not stealing signs. I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm the man, wrong guy so. for that. Yeah. Oh, why? Why are they getting so defensive? Maybe they are stealing signs. Yeah, if maybe. You, if he like talks about Chris Sale taking pictures, we're not stealing signs. We didn't even bring that up. We didn't say that. Why are you getting so defensive, huh? But we're not stealing signs. <laughs> yeah, Chris Sale's command was not there. But we're not stealing signs. What? Can Can I give you guys an alarming number? Uh oh. What do you think the barrel percentage against Chris Sale is? Oh, it's I saw this. High. Is it? Can I guess it? Is it like? Isn't it like seventy or something? What? No, it's twelve. But the the Wait, barrel percentage. What does that mean? How frequently someone hits like barrels off of a pitchy throws? What's, okay, what's like a normal? It, it's it's the average. Stat- so it's it's total barrels divided by total batted balls. So like, what percentage of batted balls oh. are barreled? Like seven percent. Chris Sale gotcha. is twelve. 
Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Not great. And if he, I'm looking at his career numbers, like, oh yeah, no, it was like when when he was in his prime, it was like, eight. yeah. Prime Chris Sale is a whole different. Like, yeah, these so are not the same not really guy. Fair. But I'm looking through his game logs right now, and it is very clear that that slider was breaking significantly more against the Twins. He definitely had way more of a feel for it. In that the spot. Twins, that was a home game, right? I wonder. There's there's two things like. Or two guys, Chris Sale and Garrett Whitlock. I feel like both of them are a lot worse on the road for some reason. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that's about. That could just be nothing. That could be a totally like random like coincidence. Let me check. Um, I mean, correlation does not equal causation. No, Chris Sale's numbers have been pretty. Chris Sale's numbers have been bad on the at home too. To be honest with you. Well, I'm just I just zeroed in on that one start against the Twins. I was at home. I don't. Yeah. Even I, hey, together. his one good start was at home. That's worth something. True. If you if if you're so there's like the nerd stats where you get like X woba and all that kind of stuff, and then you got the made up dumb stats that I come up with. It's like, oh, he pitched good at home once. He's better at home. Or like the whole thing where they can't win at night or they can only win at like I don't know. I think it's real stuff, but whatever. Um, yeah, Chris Sale, whatever. Game two, Jaron Duran with a grand slam. Jaron Duran is a guy. He is that guy. He has been outstanding for this team. Um, we'll dive into more of that in a second, but Kluber didn't suck. Kluber had six innings with just one run allowed right after we were talking about how God awful he is and totally trashing on him. I think reverse psychology worked right there. We keep talking about how bad he is. I, I post a lineup. I'm like, oh, pencil in the L reverse psychology. And he does out. He does great out there. I'm still not sold. Um, oh no, definitely not. No, I think that but... was just a coincidence. <laughs> I think Will Middlebrooks put it fantastic, which, by the way, shout out to him. He's amazing. Awesome. Incredible. I think he's my favorite. Absolutely. Um, but he, he he did such a great job of explaining uh, Kluber's pitch sequences and what makes him good and what he did in that start that made him good. So the biggest problem with Kluber was the walks, obviously. He didn't yeah. really – did he – I don't know if he walked anyone against Baltimore, but – he was he was getting ahead 0-1, which is big for him. Completely changes him as a pitcher because when you're throwing 88 and you get behind in counts, you're dead. Um, and he didn't do that. I was I was very impressed by his location. He looked very poised as he always does. But mm-hmm. um, I think I think the Orioles were a little bit over aggressive at times because they knew that they could hit him. So we might have got mind a game. one there. It's a mind game. Uh, yeah, I'm not confident going forward in Kluber still. There's no reason to be confident. Like he's been awful up until this point. Yeah, he's had some good starts here and there, are good moments. Um, but at yep. the end of the day, like the stuff that he used to have is not there. He's old. We've t- we've you just go down the list of all the different problems with him, and there's just no reason to be confident in him right now. If he can eat up innings, if he can try to put together some kind of decent starts, just until we get better guys up here and get more healthy, then that's all I can ask of him right now. Yeah, he's <clears throat> was our opening day starter, but you, you can't expect him to be our ace. He's not going to be our ace, and you can't expect him to come from whatever level he's at right now and take it to a next level and become the ace. That's just not going to happen. That's not in the cards for him. And this is the peak start you can expect from him. You go six innings, you only give up one run. That's exactly like that's best-case scenario for Corey Kluber, and that's what he gave us um, in game two. So then I after mean, that start, you're going into the ninth up eight to one. You're like, oh, Easy deal. Kenley can take a nice day off, read a book out there, whatever. Um, and then you put in Caleb Ort, like the garbage time guy. Just get three outs. You can give up a, a few hits here and there, whatever. It should be an easy win. Caleb Ort comes in, and oh my god! 
God, was he awful. Dude gives up a run and then gives up a grand slam. All you have to do is get three outs. Just three. You have a seven-run lead. And he comes in and just all over the field. He he did it because he wanted Kenley to get another save. Um, he's just trying to help Kenley get to that, whatever the mark is that he's trying to get. Is it 300 saves, 400? 400. Yeah. Um, but, oh, my. Like, what? Dude. Dude. That man, was abysmal. <laughs> he recorded one out, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like he got out of it. Kenley had to warm up and come in to save the game that they were originally up by seven with three outs to go. That's not good. That not good at all. And I... <laughs> Caleb if this Ort, doesn't dude. tell you that Caleb Ort doesn't belong on an MLB roster, I don't know what will. It's just embarrassing. Do you know how many texts I got from like random people that are like, um, Caleb Ort, that, and that was the whole text, just Caleb Ort. Embarrassing. Like, what What are you doing, dude? Like, come on. I feel like, I feel like a position player probably could have gotten out of that inning faster. Probably. Yeah, I mean, that was just bad. And I don't get people... Some people, not ever, not most people, but some people just will keep defending Caleb Ort for whatever reason. I don't know what their fixation is with this guy. I guess he throws hard. Yeah, that's cool. Whatever. He has a lot of break on his slider. Awesome. He sucks. Like, I had this argument with this dude today in my DMs talking about how Caleb Ort has the best slider out, out of all Sox pitchers, and he has so much potential. He's really good. No. The what, basis what about- of his argument was like, if you take out last night, if you take out that one bad outing, He's been pretty good. You can't take out the bad outing. That still happened. You can't just take that out to prove your point. He was bad. Like, that uh, was a real baseball game. That was a real performance that he just was horrible in. Like, that still counts. If you take out all Chris Sale starts except for the Twins one, he's elite. He's a Cy Young. But no, you can't do that because the bad start, the bad outing is still part of his stats. Those are his stats. They're there for a reason. Like, that is actually something that happened. Also, even if you do take out that abysmal performance against the Orioles, he's still not good. He's not. The outing before that, he walked three guys and gave up a run in one inning. And uh, he's not good. And you look at, you dive into all of his his like advanced stats, and the only good one is that his fastball is really hard. Cool, you throw hard. So did Pat Light. Whatever. Average exit <laughs> hey, velocity, bad. K percentage, chase rate, all bad. Whiff percentage? He's in the third percentile. The third percentile in whiff percentage. This guy's awful. The, the whole point of having a fast fastball so that people swing and miss at it. Like they can't catch up to it. Yeah. So that's pretty, that's, that is pretty sad. If he had the best slider on the team, mix that with throwing a hundred, he would actually be a good pitcher. Well, also he does not have the best slider on the team. Exactly. What are that, the stats? That, hold on. Hold on. Let's take a peek. That argument. Let's take a quick peek at the stats here on his slider. Batters are hitting 500 against it with a 375 expected batting average and a 10% whiff. Like, he sucks. This guy sucks. He stinks. Um, yeah. Anyways, we win that game because Kenley Jansen's a superhero and he comes in to save the day. Kenley Jansen has been just incredible. It is. I said this over and over. I'm going to say it again. It is so nice having a real closer again. It is awesome. And I don't know. I don't know what the Red Sox put Kenley on when they signed him, but this dude has been even better than he was last year. And he just like, he's throwing hard. He's dominating. It's great to see. It's, it's just so awesome. 
Yeah, he, it's ridiculous too. Like everyone said, the pitch clock was going to destroy him. Kenley wouldn't be good. The pitch clock has made him better, and the pitch clock has allowed him to throw ninety-seven mile an hour cutters yeah. that he hasn't thrown in like three years. He's like, you want to speed me up? I'll speed it up. Here we go. Buckle up. Um, yeah. So Sox win that one. Game three today. Um, oh wait, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I want to talk more about Jaron Duran. We do it now. We do it later. He had that grand slam. He has been just incredible since getting called up. Um, he had another two hits today. He did. He All he does is get hits. He's a hit machine. We talked about it in spring training, how he's coming in with this different energy, this different mindset, this different aura, and he's carrying himself differently, new batting stance, all of that. And it, it seems to be paying off. I mean, it also helps that he's back the fastest up, man alive. He is. Someone something described him as a lizard running me, on water. Something that stuck out to me after yesterday's game was when they when Jemai interviewed him after the game, he was just raving about the veteran leadership on this team, how Justin Turner and Kike Hernandez have took him under their wing and really made him feel welcome. And we know that last year that was a big thing, that he was not comfortable in the major leagues. He was not being himself. He was really struggling. Uh, adapting to the majors, and then when he made a mistake, everyone got on him. And it's really nice to see that he finally does feel like he is a major leaguer because he is, and he's com- he's carrying himself completely differently. We're starting to see that energy that he brought to the Woo Sox on the big league club, and that's just an awesome thing to see. I'm really happy. For him. I was incredibly impressed um, with his his grand slam at bat. I was watching it live and. He just battled like the whole at bat, and like he's been doing it like day in and day out, where he just you know he gets a hit or he'll he'll foul pitches off until he gets one that he can like put into play, um, and it's just really it's so refreshing to see because it's like kind of the theme of this whole team has been you know battling in the bats like you've seen it with Yoshida, Maguire, Turner, like all of these guys have in Verdugo like. And I think I think Duran is really benefiting from that kind of style of play. He is. I mean, his stats yeah. since coming back up to the majors, he's betting 400 with a uh, OPS over a thousand. He has 14 hits and 10 RBIs in just 35 at bats. It's honestly, it's exactly what the Red Sox needed. You lose Adam Duvall, your center fielder, and you replace him with Jaron Duran in center field, who has just been awesome. Um, across the board and I I don't know if the stats support it but from what I've seen like the the eye test he's looked better defensively in center field too he had a Absolutely. really good play the other day and that was the problem with Jaron Duran like he's always been a pretty good hitter he's had his ups and downs there but that was his main tool um, along with his speed the defense was a problem it was a big problem last year and if he can get better defensively he can be a very valuable player um across the board i mean again his speed is just elite his bat has been awesome and if the defense can be there he can easily be an everyday guy for us in the majors right now absolutely and i love that he's hit that cora is um keeping him down in the order too i think he brings a lot of depth that the bottom of the order desperately needs that's a big reason why they've been able to do so well recently they have a guy down there that can help turn the lineup over back to the top, someone who can get on base, and it's completely changed the lineup. It's huge. I mean, we we were talking about earlier in the season how 
like the six through nine hitters were just not productive. That was back when Kike was really struggling. That was before Yu Chang had a child. That was when Connor Wong wasn't doing well. Um, Arroyo was bad and so on. If you had any of those guys hitting in that seven spot the other day, that grand slam probably wouldn't have happened like that. Like you're right. Jaron Duran provides that kind of pop and that kind of different look lower in the lineup. That's huge for you. I mean, the speed alone, that low in the lineup's great because if he gets on base, say he leads off an inning, he gets on base, the eight and nine hitters have a chance to drive him. If they don't, then there's Alex Verdugo. So I, I really like the, the spark. There's the word, the spark that he brings to the bottom of the order. Um, and, and right now, I still, I, I fully think that he should be playing every day at this point. I mean, maybe not as much against lefties, whatever, um, but he's shown, at least right now, that he can be a very productive player for us, which is awesome. Stats tweeted out yesterday. Um, he, like, broke the lineup down into thirds. You know, you start with Verdugo, Devers, Turner, which has been, you know, they've been doing what they're supposed to do. They're hitting, you know, scoring runs. Devers has been hitting home runs like it's nobody's business. Mm-hmm. Then you got Yoshida, Hernandez, Casas, and Hernandez has been so much better when he's not playing shortstop. Mm-hmm. And then you end the order with Duran, Arroyo, Maguire. And I, if you've listened to the podcast, you know how I feel about Reese McGuire. Like that's he's just Tony Joey, Gwynn. Joey that said is, the other day, why, when did Reese McGuire become Tony Gwynn? We've, um, we've like that bottom three of the lineup, like Arroyo has been struggling a lot. Um, but like, imagine that lineup, like when you pump Adam Duvall back in, and then Trevor's story too. Like this lineup can get very dangerous oh, very yeah. quickly. Yeah. Also, like Yu Chang was starting to figure it out before he broke his wrist. And I know he's, you know, got like four or five hits and three of them are home runs, but <laughs> he is also the lead, the team leader in defensive runs saved. Like he's been the, the most positively impacting shortstop. Yeah. I was yeah. starting to I was starting to come around on Yu Chang. I was actually sad to see him go down. Me and it's too. Just, it just sucks. The second a guy like you, Chang, starts to become productive and provide value to a team that he goes down with a freak injury like that, it just like sucks. Like Adam Duvall. Yep. Yeah. It's a very Red Sox thing to happen. It is. Yeah. So to wrap up that Orioles series, game three this afternoon, they lose uh, six to two. Tanner Houck, who's been probably one of our best starters this year, he wasn't as good. He wasn't bad, though. He gives up three earned in, in, in five innings pitch. Like It's not bad. I think the, the bigger problem was uh, the offense couldn't really do a lot besides Masataki Yoshida having a homer. Huge. Um, the offense was just blah. Uh, and Manuel Valdez, who has been, he's been, he got called up for Yu Chang. His defense is just abysmal. It is an issue. The dude came and catched the ball. That kind of contributed to the loss today. I, it wasn't the difference maker, but it contributed. Cost him a run, though. It did. I mean, it's not like he's getting some uh, tough ground balls. Like he, he just the ball is to him, and he, he puts his glove out and just ball. misses it. Like I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's because he's nervous in the big leagues. I mean, I know his defense wasn't good to begin with. I don't know what the problem is, but he's made. Um, Four errors or four mess ups in, in, in 14, 14 innings. innings. That's not good. I, and it's like, it's it's bad too. Like, again, I, there was, what was the play? Uh, was it where it wasn't today? It was the other um, time. What, he, he dropped the pop up? Oh, he did drop that pop up. That was one. There was one where it was like a, a bunter, a slow ground ball back to the pitcher, and they throw it to second, and Valdez just, just misses the ball. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's like it's going in and out of his glove. Like I don't know how that happens at the major league level. 
And I don't know. But his, the thing with him is his bat. That's his value. His bat is really good. It's been pretty solid in the very, very small sample size in the majors. So I don't know what the answer is to the defense. I don't know if he needs just more time to work on it in the minors or if it's just never going to happen and he's like a, a career DH. I don't know. Um, but it is bad right now. Yeah, and even on the eye test, I mean, he just doesn't look comfortable at second base. And if you can't play second base in the majors, you're automatically people, the age at that People point. were talking about him being our shortstop replacing I Xander. Know, like, I know. Imagine him there. If Kike, if Kike can't be good at short, Emmanuel Valdez, I'm sorry, bro. It ain't happening there for you. He would look like me out at short, dude. <laughs> yeah. We, we, yeah. I, I think we should give Arroyo a try at short. I mean, I don't he, know if he's got the, the arm for I, it. But. I agree with that, too. I think the biggest I think the biggest problem is Arroyo's arm because mm-hmm. it, it is not incredibly strong, but he is a good defender, plays a very good defensive second base. I'm not I guess the the arm is really the only thing holding the Sox back from putting him at short. But I also had some thoughts this week before Valdez was called up after the Chang injury. Like there are guys down in AAA. David Hamilton can play yeah. short. He's not a fantastic defender, but Ryan Fitzgerald is a, an elite defender and he can play shortstop. And the Sox do have an open spot on the 40-man roster. I thought that they could have considered adding him there. Like, obviously, we have a lot of bias towards the guy, but I feel like he's paid his dues. He deserves a shot, and I think he could actually come, even if it's just a defensive replacement, I think Fitzy could go in there and play a good shortstop. I mean, we've been begging for this for years now. It, just do it. Make it happen already. Absolutely. And he's a fun guy. He'd bring more fun to the team. Plus, he's worked so hard. Just reward the guy, too. Give him a, Give him a shot. You don't need to make him your everyday shortstop. You don't need to guarantee his spot on the team for a month or a year or whatever. Just give him a little shot, call him up and see what happens. The worst that is going to happen is he doesn't do that great. You send him back down. Like it's not that deep. I mean, I think it's, and again, like you talked about his defense, that's huge. Even if he's not hitting, the defense is going to be there. So give him a shot. Why not? I don't know. Whatever. Um, yeah. So the Red Sox lose that game six to two and, and they only take one, from the Orioles. At least they didn't get swept. That's good. Um, and yeah, so they're back to 500. So this is the question I have. I think this is the question everyone has. Is this Red Sox team more than a 500 team? Can they be better than just 500? Yes. Uh, and I'm going to make my argument as to why. We're 500 and we're pretty banged up. Our best hitter from the first few weeks of the season. Oops. Uh, Adam Duvall. With a wrist injury, Trevor Story's out. We've lost. I feel like we've lost so many close games already this season. Like I feel like there are so every week we come on and we're like, could have won that one, could have won this one, could have won that one. I don't know. Eventually, some of those have to fall in our favor, right? I mean, two of the three losses that we had in this this two series stretch were by one run. So yeah, I think another good point to make is that. The Sox have scored the third most runs in baseball, and it's by a pretty wide margin. Um, And like you said, they've left a lot of games on the table, but they've also been really good at coming back. They went down in that Caleb Ort pooped his pants against the Brewers. They came back and threw up a nine spot in the eighth inning. Mm -hmm. This team has fight in them. They've shown that they're more than capable to score runs, even with holes at the bottom of the lineup. It's just the... Really, the starting pitching is the 
is the thing that needs to be addressed because once these bullpen guys get healthy, that bullpen becomes deep. It becomes lethal. And if you can keep your entire pitching staff healthy, you have an abundance of starters that can go to the bullpen and still be effective. Like this is a team that Chris Martin comes back next week. That's going to be huge. Um, and when Paxton. guys like James Paxton come back, you have to make decisions about moving guys to the bullpen, whether it's, you know, Tanner Houck or whoever. This this When the team becomes healthy, it's going to become a lot more deep. And they're treading water right now. 500 at, right now is actually pretty good, given the significance of the injuries that you have right now. I think that when guys get healthy, they can make a run and they can get well over 500 and compete for a playoff spot. For sure. Yeah, I think you're totally right. I think all those points are very valid. What it is right now is they are at 500 right now as a team who is up there as one of the best statistic offenses in the league. Their bullpen is arguably top 10. And uh, in addition to those, like all that's happening. Meanwhile, you don't have Trevor Story. You don't have Adam Duvall. You don't have Chris Martin. You don't have James Paxton. Brown Bayo hasn't been good. Uh, Garrett Whitlock's just coming back and figuring out. This whole time, Masataki Yoshida has been pretty quiet. Now he's starting to figure it out. So all of these things are kind of are waiting um, on the sidelines. And at the same time, you're 500 with a lot of good statistics. So once those guys get healthy and come back and things really start chugging along moving forward, you're going to be at 500 and you're only going to go up. So I think this team has way more potential left in the tank. And I think they can really make... Um, a lot of progress above 500. Welcome, Garrett Jigusmeyer, to the show. Uh, what's up? I'm on the road with my rugby team. I'm with my least favorite Yankees fan all uh, ever. Um, he's a terrible person. He's from New York. But I just want to say hi, guys. I hope you have a wonderful podcast. I'm on my way to Maryland to go win a national championship for rugby. Um, I love you all. I'll see you. Good Best luck out luck, there. Garrett. Any thoughts on the Sox real quick? Do I have a Chris sale take? Yeah, no, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> there, you you <laughs> there you go. That was my exact question. It. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that being at, like Joey said, being at 500 right now is a great place to be considering all the guys you have out, all the different, different factors. Um, and I'm excited. I'm really excited to see. We just talked about how dangerous this lineup could become when Adam Duvall comes back, when Trevor Story eventually comes back uh, with Masataka getting hot now. There's a lot of, of pop and a lot of danger in this lineup that I'm very excited to see in full force. And with the starting rotation, I'm I'm optimistic in James Paxton. He is a big question mark, but I think he could be productive for us. Um, Back-to-back I, bad outings in Worcester, though. He is throwing 97. That's kind of the thing that, that excites me is how hard lefty he's throwing Caleb from Ort. the left-handed side. Yeah, lefty Caleb Ort. I don't like it when you put it like that. I don't know. <laughs> We'll see. I mean, whatever. It doesn't matter how he does in AAA. I feel like what matters is how he does when he gets up here. Maybe he's just kind of saving himself for up. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited for what this team can bring to the table in the future. And if you want to watch them play in the future or right now, then SeatGeek is a place for you because Seat SeatGeek is the best ticket provider out there for sports, concerts, shows, and more. They make buying tickets easy by grading every ticket price so you know you're getting the best deal. And they provide a view from your seat so you can pick the perfect seats to any event. And you can get $20, 20 whole dollars off your first purchase with SeatGeek by using the promo code 
dugout. D-U-G, O-U-T. You know how cheap tickets are to baseball games other at venues other than Fenway Park? That $20 discount. You could buy two whole athletics tickets with that. You could buy the stadium with that. <laughs> but yeah, probably. Probably true. Buy I the can't franchise. Imagine. Yeah. I don't I don't know who would want to go to an A's game. Like you'd probably have to pay me to go, but <laughs> whatever. Yeah, no, absolutely. You can do a lot with 20 bucks. Um one more thing. I want to I want to talk about Reese McGuire just a tiny bit more because absolutely. I want to highlight that he is making a case to be one of the best catchers of all time. I think he's on pace to be in the Hall of Fame. So yeah, I mean, he's batting this season. He's batting 341 with an 811 OPS. All this dude does is get hits. He's a hit machine. And it's not just like a made-up stat. Like, this is a very real stat right here. In 50 games with the Red Sox, Reese McGuire has hit 343 with an 870 OPS. The highest averages in their first 50 games as a member of the Red Sox, Manny Ramirez won at 375. Bill Miller, 362. Sean Casey, 354. Reese McGuire at 343. So he has the fourth fourth highest batting average in the first 50 games of the Red Sox. Reese McGuire. That's crazy. That's awesome, but crazy. Especially especially considering... Hold on. Especially considering a lot of scouts and people said that he would never like hit, that his worst thing was hitting. He was never going to be more than like a 100-level hitter. Like, nah. He is a hit machine. Yeah, um, the first round picking him is coming out right now. Not to not to toot my own horn, but toot it. I I did pick him for biggest surprise. I like um, it for for our award show. So maybe maybe this year is the year we finally get one prediction right. Maybe we'll see. I mean, if we're if we're tooting horns right now, I think my Tony Gwynn comparison was spot on because to all the old heads out there, Tony Gwynn was the master of flicking it the other way in between the shortstop and third base hole. And that's all Reese McGuire does. It's a single between the third baseman and the shortstop. He is a beast. Yeah, I feel like over every hit he gets is just a single in the gap. <laughs> he just strokes it out to left field. Yep. Steve Lyons hates Dave O'Brien. <laughs> I was talking to Joey about this before we got on. I find this so funny how I, I posted like a, a highlight last year of something exciting and Dave O'Brien was like rrr, rrr, like he was a boring call. Steve Lyons swipes up on my story and is like underwhelming home run call. And then he comments the other day on the Alex Verdugo walk off where Dave O'Brien's like and it's down the line foul. Oh wait, it's fair. And he's um like nice home run call announcer or whatever. The only time he interacts with my page is just to trash on Dave O'Brien. I find that really funny. I mean it's valid. It is valid. It's just so they used to like they used to work together, and now he's just on the smear Wait. campaign all over my Instagram. About <laughs> it. I, don't, see, I don't know. I don't know what Steve out there is doing with his life. He almost hit me with a car one time at Fenway. Fun fact. Interesting guy. Nice. Interesting guy. Um, Has he been on the pod? No, I asked him, and he was just like, "Nah." He said, "Like yeah. I asked." He said, "Like maybe." And then I was like, when are you free? And he's like, I'm not. So you're going to come on? Like, no, I don't know. He's weird guy. <laughs> we didn't talk about this yet. Brian Bayo was optioned to AAA. Uh, I don't really think it's that kind of significant. Um, I think it was more Red Sox bullpen was very thin the other yeah. day, and they didn't have really anyone available aside from maybe Kenley 
um, Schreiber a little bit, but they and they need a uh, bullpen arm. I don't think it's that Brian Bayo got demoted because he's been bad. Yeah, he hasn't been great, but it's been very early into the season, and he's a young guy. He'll be back for sure. Like this isn't a permanent thing. He could be back very, very soon. He could be back tonight. I don't know. Um, but it it is something that still happened. This guy that we got, Bren, Brennan Bernardino, is this this guy that we got from the Mariners. Claimed him from waivers. He comes up. He's a lefty, and actually has been decent. Uh, he's pit. I think he had. I want to say two or three innings in the major leagues, like ever before this. And he's like 30 years old. So that's, that's interesting. Um, but he hasn't been bad. So that's, that's something. Also, um, I think this is just important to touch on for this team as well. Uh, because we were talking about how we were kind of short on bullpen arms. Tomorrow is the first off day this team has had since like the Tigers series, like three they weeks 19 ago. games, in 19 days. So that's big. Yeah, having a day off is very much needed for this lineup. So I think it's a good thing that, like, you know, the the fact that, you know, like Joey said, we treaded water, you know, in those 19 games in 19 days, and we're sitting at 500. So I think I think we could be in a way worse spot right now. Yeah, no, that is huge. Um, yeah, <laughs> back to Bernardino. Past, this is where the Sox would um, spiral out of control. Back to Bernardino real quick. This guy has already surpassed his career like innings in the majors with the Red Sox. He's pitched three innings with us, and before that, he pitched two and a third in the majors. So, there you go. And he's been he, good. Has, he hasn't given up a run yet. Has not allowed a run in three innings and struck out two. So, and he's a lefty. I don't want to... Okay, I'm probably getting ahead of myself thinking that Bernardino, this guy, could be a productive part of the team. He's probably going to be DFA in a week, whatever. Um, but right now, he's he's not been awful. I mean, when you have guys like Caleb Orton and Ryan Brazier out there, it's nice to have a guy who isn't that bad. Just That's the bar. Up. That's the bar. Is just be better than them, and you're doing great. Hey, no, no big Ryan Bro- Ryan Brazier implosion this week to talk I about. Know. I know. If it's Warfare, a week, though. if it's a week without a Ryan Brazier meltdown, then it's a good week. Although we did have the Caleb Wart meltdown because we, we can't have two. nice things. Two. We can't have a clean we week. Two. We had to pick up Brazier slot. True. Yeah. But I mean, we talked about the people getting healthy. I can't wait for Jolie Rodriguez to come back. This is a guy just totally forgotten about. He was a pretty big. He was our first free agent signing, and he's been a very good pitcher. He's a lefty reliever. Like this is a guy that we really need in this bullpen. On that, I don't know how close he is. I think he's close to coming back. It's, I mean, Chris Martin and Jolie Rodriguez. Those were the two bullpen guys, other than Kenley, obviously. Um, and both of them are hurt right now. Once those guys get back, just think about this bullpen with Kenley as the closer. Then you have a mix of, of Chris Martin, Josh Winkowski, who's been awesome. Cutter Crawford has been awesome out of the bullpen. Um, and then you have like John Schreiber, Chris Martin, Jolie Rodriguez, who all been proven they can be good. It's And then whatever happens with the starting rotation, if you put Nick Pavetta or Tanner Houck, whoever, in the, in the bullpen Sale. too, it's going to be insane. Hopefully, hopefully it means Caleb Ort and Ryan Brazier just erased out of there. And top to bottom... It's just a, a bullpen of capable arms who can get outs. And I'm excited for that. I'm excited for when those guys are back and we can have that kind of bullpen out there. Another guy, too, that, I don't know, maybe the hype is too much. Wyatt Mills is another guy who's hurt right now. Um, he's on the 60. Eight. Oh, he's on the 60? Yeah. What happened to him? Dead. <laughs> Dead. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> He's not on the 60. Yeah, he is. Boston Red Sox placed right-hander White Mills on the 15-day injured list, retroactive to the March 27th right elbow inflammation. He, he, he got transferred to the 60. He was transferred. Wait, what? This makes no sense. March 27th, he was transferred from the 15 to the 60 day. But then March 30th, he was placed on the 15 day. Retroactive yeah. to the 27th. I don't know. I don't know what that means. I don't even well, know if he's right a real person. Elbow inflammation is not good. Uh, unless he learns how to pitch lefty. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> it would be so nice to have a, a Red Sox bullpen that was actually capable. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Time out. They're capable right now. They're, they're, they're just pretty thin. good. They're pretty good. They're thin. No, yeah, they're they're, just thin. They are pretty good, but it would be nice to have a top to bottom, you yeah. know, bullpen. Where there's well, no guy be. where you're like, oh, God, here comes this guy. Exactly. They yeah. could be. Once people get healthy, they could. I've been saying this since the offseason. Like, this is a sneaky good bullpen when people are healthy. It is. It's already top 10 right now, and that's yeah. without all those guys. And no. you look at why the Red Sox lost this series, it's because the Orioles have a really good bullpen. Yeah. That was the difference. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, one more guy that I want to touch on that we haven't really done yet, uh, Tristan Casas. So we talked about him a decent amount last week. Um, a lot of people are kind of uh, really down on him right now. They're like, when is this guy going to get sent down? He's been abysmal, blah, blah, blah. He's not been good. Yeah. But some things to remember here. One, he is still a young prospect and this is still his first full major league season. And it's the first month still he's had one month. You can't just totally abandon ship now. Like there's a lot, you need to give him time. You need to let him adjust, let him figure things out uh, and kind of be the guy that you know he can be. Plus he hasn't been all bad. He has been incredibly elite in, in walking he is 96 percentile, or 93rd, 96, something like that percentile in walks in the majors. That's really good. He's taking pitches. He, he's drawing out at bats. And for the record, a walk is a very valuable thing in baseball still. It's just as good as a single, if not better, because you can single on one pitch. You can walk in, in 16 pitches, whatever. Um, he's getting on base despite not having a high average because your average does not show your walks. So he's getting on base and he's drawing, he's making the pitcher work. And that's valuable in, in the six hole that he's been into. If you can draw out at bats like that, make the pitcher work. And then the guy hitting after him right now is Jaron Duran. Most of the time who has been very productive. So if you can get on base for Jaron Duran, that's pretty good. Um, so I said his average. Yeah. His on base percentage is 284, which is still not good. I was kind of hoping it'd be a little better than that to help my point. But well, I'm also, the average is so low. Right, exactly. That brings it down. But also, I'm not trying to argue that Tristan Casas has been amazing. It's just there's there's a little bit there that is promising. Like, it's not been totally bad. And that is a, a important statistic, too, that kind of signals that this slump isn't all bad and he's going to turn it around. The fact that he's he's seeing the ball well enough to take walks like that and getting on base shows that once he kind of starts seeing the ball better, um, even better, and starts hitting it and barreling up balls and, and making hard contact – he's just going to explode. So I'm not worried yet about Tristan Cossets, mainly because it's so early in the season still. Um, and I don't know. He, he needs more time. That's, that's my main point is just wait, just hold on. Bobby Dahlbeck is not the answer. You're not going to call up Bobby and get something better there at first base. 
Tristan Cass is your guy. Bobby Dahlbeck was abysmal last year. He's not the answer. Um, just give him time. Just wait. Just wait. Well said. Yeah, well said. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyone else we want to touch on or any other? Uh... I for... Whoa, wait. Rob Weff. I forgot that Rob Refsander is on this team. I feel like I haven't seen him play in a while. Yeah, he hasn't played in a while. Been playing a, rock, a lot of is still on this team. I didn't realize Tapia that too. until the other Joey, night. Joey, yeah, these the guys other are just night, hiding. He, Tapia pinch ran for Yoshida, I think, in the ninth. Yeah. And, like, they flashed the camera over to him, and he, he was, like, sticking his tongue out, and I was like, oh, so that's why Joey thinks he looks silly all the time. Yeah, he does. <laughs> when he pinch ran for Yoshida, I was like, wait, this guy <laughs> still exists? It just it blew my mind. It legitimately blew my mind. I forgot that he was there. Yeah. Uh he sucks. I kind of thought Duran would take his spot because Duran is a, a lefty outfielder with speed. I don't really know what the value of Rymel Tapia is right now. He's just blocking for guys to get healthy. He's yeah. just hanging out, really. <laughs> He's just chilling. Yeah, he, he is just hanging out. <laughs> um maybe he's a fun guy to hang out with. I don't know. I don't think Joey thinks so. <laughs> uh, no, he looks funny, so he could. Would be. you hang out with Rymel Tapia? Would Would you get a beer with Rymel Tapia? Hmm. You know what? I would because it's like that meme. What is going on in there? You just head? want to figure him out. You just want to hear what he's what he's yeah. got. Joey's about to psychoanalyze this guy. Here's that inspired a question. Out of all the players on the Red Sox right now, who would you most want to get a beer with? That's a that's a great question, and I think about it all the time. Devers, it can't <laughs> this is be what Devers. keeps me up at night. Devers is too young. Yeah, Devers not of age. That's illegal. Yeah, you can't not do of that. Age. <laughs> I John Schreiber. I was thinking Schreiber. I was he, thinking he seems like a guy who would have a really fun time. Well, do you I, remember I, when we interviewed Ryan Fitzgerald? He was like John Schreiber is like the the root of all the clubhouse fun. Like he's a really fun. Yeah, fun guy. they used to. John Schreiber started. Last year's team, when they were playing well, John Schreiber used to have dance parties in the clubhouse after wins. Yeah, he seems like a real fun dude. Absolutely. Yeah. I was going to say Justin Turner. Oh, yeah. that's good too. J- yeah. JT seems like a guy who would go to like this really elegant bar and get like an old-fashioned or something. Yeah. And smoke a cigar. No, he just wants some Irish whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I mean, this is probably too obvious, but Kike would be a great pick too. Dude, is just so much fun. Nah, Kike would, he would probably like go to a club and get on the stage and then you'd lose him because you can't, he's, you're not as cool as him. That's you'd lose Verdugo too. He'd just have like this posse around him the whole time. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like Kike Hernandez would go to the club and like get a white claw too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got to go, boys. So you need to talk about how um, Orioles fans were spitting seeds on the oh, Red Sox to get to that. Thank and, you. Uh, get some class, Baltimore. Get some class. There you go. Last words from Alex Jefferson. Let's get into that real quick. So it comes out that Red Sox players were unhappy with the security out there in the Baltimore bullpens. Obviously, the bullpens are very close to the fans there. Um, and, and they were saying how... Fans were were throwing beer at them, spitting on them. Like, what are we doing here? It's April, first of all. Not like it's justified in any month, but I get, if the playoffs, if you're a little more fired up, it's April. Not what? 
Like these games are April, whatever. And then also, why, why, why? Like, why, what's the point? Why are you doing that? Like, I just don't get it. Why you would spit on someone? I even if you're the opposing team, like it doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I, yeah, I, don't, it, I have nothing to say other than it's just ridiculous and should not happen. Yeah, like I, 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 I don't have much to say either. Like that's a, that's a bad thing to do. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> don't do that. Bad. <laughs> but you know, if they were like, you know, if they were spitting on Brazier and Ort, like I, I can't get that mad at them. Yeah, I mean, if you if you want to dump your thirteen dollar beer on Ryan Brazier. Be my guest, <laughs> but the other guys, it's just it's uncalled for. Yeah, um, there's no. It's also game for that. I don't know. Maybe this could be wrong, but I feel like Orioles fans are not the fan base that I would kind of peg to do that. I know. Me, me neither. I was surprised too. They, I don't like Richard remember, Blair pitched like, for the Orioles. Good. I don't remember any incidents where fans were being yeah. bad. Richard Blair pitched for the Orioles. And then they were spitting on him and stuff. And he was like, this is not the fan base I remember. Like, he's been there. He's been around them. And he said it was out of character for them. To, like, I just, I don't know. I mean, also, to be fair, I'm sure it was, like, a few guys out there doing it. Doesn't speak for the whole fan base. But still, it shouldn't be happening at all. Um, if it does happen, I think that the Red Sox bullpen should have the leeway to spit back. I think they should make it a war. Um, also, also, think about who you're spitting at. You're spitting at a bunch of millionaires who can throw a ball at 95 miles an hour. So, like, my whole thing is don't act towards Major League Baseball players a way that you wouldn't act if you met them in, like, a, a grocery store or in a parking lot. Like, these are not guys that you would – they're human beings still. Like, yeah, they're they're players, whatever. I just be better. Do better. Um, uncalled for. Whatever. I, if it was Yankees fans, I wouldn't even bat an eye. I'd be like, yeah, that checks out. <laughs> Yeah, well, last year Yankees fans were spitting on um, Veritex's Verdugo. wife and daughter. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh my God, some people. Some Maybe that's people. why Jaron Duran tried to jump into the stands and fight people. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, anything else you want to touch on before we sign off here? Oh, real quick, real quick. We got a series coming up against the Guardians. We take a yep. quick peek at that. Um, so you got, I said it earlier, Pavetta game one against Shane Bieber, Whitlock game two against Plesac, and Chris Sale in the finale against Logan Allen. Pretty, I, I think it's know. a pretty even match series. It's very evenly matched. That's why Cleveland's I'm not. Pitch. Cleveland's been good. They have a really good bullpen. They're. Uh, they're over they do what they do every year. They have a really good pitching staff. The offense is kind of oh, lacking. Okay, and they're twelve the and thirteen behind their losses. Uh, it, it should be interesting because it's a good offense with a bad pitching staff with against a good pitching staff with a relatively mediocre offense. Yeah, so it's pretty even in that regard. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. There could be a huge blowout in one game, and then the rest could be one-run games, or they could all be one. Run I could game. see this going in so many different ways. I could see us. Could go, I could see yeah. us being swept. I could see us winning one. I could see us winning two. I yeah, really don't know. Uh, this is maybe the least predictable series thus far. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna make my prediction. I'm gonna say we win two out of three. I think we win the first start or the first game after the off day with Nick Pavetta. 
Um, and then I think we win. I think game two, I'm going to pick as my lock. I think Garrett Whitlock will do a lot better at home because he's at home. And they're going against um, the worst pitcher uh, in this in this series for the Guardians, Plesak, who has a 650 ERA. So I think they can really get to him, um, and Whitlock will be decent. Last game in the series, Logan Allen has a 150 ERA. He's been good. He's a left-hander against Chris Sale, who has, you've seen him pitch. I think they lose that one. So give me two out of three um, against the Guardians. Yeah, I, I think... I think Sunday is definitely the loss with the lefty on the mound. I, yeah, I think I'll go two out of three with you the same way. Yeah. And then Toronto right. for four after that. Let's we don't we need to get to that. that. Let's not Let's talk about ignore that. That. That, could be bad. that could be bad. You know what happens when Toronto comes the Blue to Jays, down. the Blue Jays, what they did to us last year was very mean. Yeah. So let's avenge <laughs> that. Very mean. Not nice. Not nice. Not nice. Be Canadian. Be nice. Yeah, seriously. Come on. Come on. Come on. All right. That'll do it for this week on the In the Dugout podcast. Go Bruins tonight. Go Celtics in the next game. Man. Um, go Sox. And go Sox. We'll see you next time. <laughs>